الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد ان سيدنا ونبينا وحبيبنا وشفيعنا ومطاعنا محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد فقد قال الله تعالى في القران المجيد والفرقان الحميد اعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم اليوم اكملت لكم دينكم واتممت عليكم نعمتي ورضيت لكم الاسلام دينا صدق الله العظيم وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم كل امتي يدخلون الجنه الا من ابى قيل ومن يابى يا رسول الله قال من اطاعني دخل الجنه ومن عصاني فقد ابى كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم respected ulama ikram elders beloved brothers in islam as we mentioned previously from the first of shawwal we have entered into that phase or period of the islamic calendar which is referred to as ayamul hajj and whilst this concept or idea that everyone every year will perform hajj is not conceivable or even possible we have to some extent discussed few of the haqaiq the realities the asbab the lessons pertaining to this great pillar of islam that even if we are not making hajj this year it is absolutely imperative and important and necessary that we identify we remind ourselves we make this muzakara because this fifth pillar of islam is such that allah taala says li yashhadu manafi'a lahum allah taala says you will witness not one benefit manafi'a lahum many many benefits they are important imperative lessons that as an ummah we have to connect ourselves with the reward on the one side if you look the extent to which allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has opened up the doors of his mercy this entire exercise of hajj represents such a golden opportunity for us to make our akhirat that whether we are actually going for hajj or whether we are thousands of miles away even if there is an iota or spark of iman in the heart when we hear the extent to which allah makes the istiqbal of the hujjaj there has to be that burning and that fervent desire in the heart that ya allah take me again and again because as we have mentioned many many times come out of this mindset 
that hazari or presenting yourself there has anything to do with any organization or your wealth or your financial circumstance. Just the other day I was listening to one Karguzari, one of our Kabirin. He says, I was in Makkah during the days of Hajj. And there was a bayan that had to take place in Misfala. So he says, I caught a taxi outside the Haram. The driver was an Arab, a resident of Makkah Mukarrama. His passenger, somebody that resembled a Pakistani, so the driver was under the idea or misconception that my passenger doesn't understand Arabic. So the nature of the driver watch was such that as he is driving, every haji is passing, is swearing him, insulting him, looking down upon him. Doing it in Arabic, thinking that the passenger doesn't understand. This alim says that it entered my heart that you know what, I should try and speak to this brother. What is he doing? These are the guests of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He is a resident of Makkah Mukarramah. He understands the language of Quran and Hadith. Such an attitude or such an action is not appropriate. So he says, I started engaging him in conversation in Arabic and he straight away he got a shock because he realized that all those insults that I had been engaged in, this man understood everything. So he says, in that conversation, I asked him, I said, are you from Makkah? He said, yes, I am resident in Makkah, Mukarramah. I have two wives, I've got so many children. He says, why are you insulting the guests of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Why are you engaging in such a conduct which goes against the shan of a Muslim? And in that conversation it transpires that this driver says to this alim, he says, you are talking of going to Makkah Mukarramah, you are talking of going to the Haram, you are talking of Kaabatullah. I am resident in Makkah. In 10 years I haven't seen the inside of the Haram. And then when this alim got a shock, and the, the shock was visible on his face. This driver says to him, first he thought that maybe this person was from far away and during the days of Hajj to earn extra money had come to Makkah Mukarramah to do taxi service. So even that, the driver cleared up the misconception. He says, no, I don't live far away from Makkah. I live, in, I live two or three kilometers from the Haram. Ten years I haven't seen the inside. And don't be too surprised by me. There are hundreds if not thousands like me in Makkah that don't bother to go to the Haram also. So that call, being present there, the love for Kaabatullah, the desire to visit again and again, the acceptance of that is only in the hands of Allah. Haziri and presenting yourself there, this is Allah's special selection, special tawfiq. As I mentioned, the reward, we can't put any price tag on it. And even if there is a spark of iman, when we hear the reward that Allah has promised, that desire should be there till the last minute that Ya Allah open up some way. Allah's Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa just one example. Allah's Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa 
is sitting in Masjid Khayf in Mina. Two Sahaba enter. One is an Ansari, one is from the Banu Thaqif. They said, Ya Rasulullah, we have come to ask you some questions. Allah's Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says to them, If you want, you may put your questions in front of me. Or if you want, I will tell you what your questions are. Jibreel has come and informed me what it is you want to find out about. They said, Ya Rasulullah, tell us what are the questions. The riwayat is long, time is limited, I'm not going to go into details, the crux. Allah's Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, you people have come to ask me about the manasik, in other words, the rites of hajj, and what Allah is going to give for the fulfillment of each of them. They said, by the oath of that being who sent you as his Nabi, we take an oath that without a doubt, this is exactly what we came to ask you. Allah's Rasul sallallahu goes on, فَإِنَّكَ إِذَا خَرَجْتَ مِنْ بَيْتِكَ تَأُمُّ الْبَيْتَ الْحَرَامِ فَلَا تَضَعُ نَاقَتُكَ خُفًّا وَلَا تَرْفَعُهُ إِلَّا كُتِبَتْ لَكَ بِهَا حَسَنًا وَحُتَّ عَنْكَ بِهَا خَطِيئًا When a person leaves his house to proceed for hajj, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says, his animal or himself does not place any foot on the ground or lift it up, but Allah wipes away one sin and Allah gives him, Allah gives him one reward. Then he arrives at the Ka'batullah, he performs tawaf qudum the first tawaf, Thereafter, two rakat salah. Wama, wama, rakataka baada tawaf kaitki rakabatim min bani Ismail. When he makes the two rakats wajibu tawaf, Allah Taala rewards him as if he freed a slave from the progeny of Ismail alayhi salam. Wama, tawafuka bina safa wal marwa kaitki sabaina rakaba. Thereafter, he proceeds for sa'i between safa and marwa. Allah will reward him as if he freed seventy slaves. وَأَمَّا وُقُوفُكَ عَشِيَّةَ عَرَفَةً فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ تَعَالَى يَهْبِتُ إِلَى سَمَاءِ الدُّنْيَا فَيُبَاهِ بِكُمْ مَلَائِكَةً عِبَادِي هَاؤُلَا جَاؤُنِي شُعْثًا مِنْ كُلِّ فَجٍ عَمِيقٍ يَرْجُونَ جَنَّتِي وَيَخَافُونَ عَذَابِي فَلَوْ كَانَتْ ذُنُوبُكُمْ كَعَدَدِ الرَّمَلِ أَوْ كَقَطْرِ الْمَطَرِ أَوْ كَزَبَدِ الْبَحْرِ لَغَفَرْتُهَا لَكُمْ أَفِيضُوا مَغْفُورًا لَكُمْ وَلِمَنْ شَفَعْتُمْ لَهُ then the pinnacle of Hajj, Arafah, and the gathering of Arafah, Rasulullah sallallahu says, Allah descends a descension in keeping with his greatness to the first heavens. Allah looks at the sea of humanity that has presented itself on the Medan of Arafah. And Allah Ta'ala addresses his angels, look at my slaves. They have come to me from deep and distant ravines of the earth. Their hair is disheveled. Their body is full of dust. Allah addresses the gathering of Arafah. And Allah says, if your sins be as many, if your sins be as many as the number Number of leaves on the trees of the earth, or your sins be as many as the grains of sand on the earth, or your sins be as many as the foam of the wa waves of the oceans of the world. Lakum, I have forgiven all your sins. Return now in such a condition that not only are you forgiven, those on whose behalf you will seek forgiveness, they also are forgiven. رميك الجمار فلك بكل حصات رميتها تكفير كبيرة من الموبقات. Thereafter, the Haji will pelt the Jamara. Rasulullah sallallahu says, for each stone, for each stone that you will throw towards the Jamara, 
Allah Ta'ala will forgive one such sin that had Allah not forgiven such a major sin that you committed. Had Allah not forgiven that sin, you would have been a Jahannami, a sin of that type with each pelting of the stone. That type of sin Allah will wipe away. Thereafter, you will slaughter the Qurbani animal. That Rasulullah doesn't mention the reward. He says, It is a special treasure which will be kept for you by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. حِلَاقُكَ شَعْرُكَ شَعْرَكَ فَلَكَ بِكُلِّ شَعْرَةٍ حَلَقْتَهَا تَكْفِيرُ تَكْفِيرُ السَّيِّئَاتِ وَتُكْتَبْ الْحَسَنَاتِ Thereafter, you will go to shave your head for every strand of hair on your head. Allah will wipe away one sin. Allah will give you one reward. Then, تَوَافُ الزِّيَارَةِ The absolute rukan of hajj the pinnacle of hajj that final tawaf that is made during the days of hajj tawaf is ziyara generally from the 10th onwards Allah's Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam says now by the time you have reached this tenet of hajj Allah's angel ya'ti malakun fayadha yadahu bayna katifayk the angels descend, they place their hand on this haji between his shoulder blades and the angel addresses him, اعمل في ما تستقبل فقد غفر لك ما مضى مبارك glad tidings to you make do deeds now for the future why? because Allah has forgiven all your past you are like a newborn baby this just gives us some indication of the extent to which Allah opens the doors of His mercy. This fifth pillar of Islam, Allama Ghazali rahimahullah used to say, Allah selected this pillar of Islam for the culmination, for the completion, for the perfection of deen. Once a Jew comes to Sayyidina Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu and he says to him, Ayatun fi kitabikum, law nazalat alayna ma'ashar al-yahud, latakhadna thalika al-yawma eida. He says, Umar, there is one verse, there is one verse in your kitab, in, the, in your Quran. If this verse had been revealed in the Torah of Sayyidina Musa alayhi salam, we would have made the day of its revelation a day of Eid, a day of joyous celebration. Who is he saying this to? He's saying this to Umar. Umar radiallahu ta'ala was a living embodiment of that hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam when he said, Ittaqu firasat al-mu'min fa'innahu yanzuru bi nurillah. He said, fear, fear the inner wisdom, the special understanding that Sixth sense call it that beautiful perception which Allah grants a true believer. Because a, a true believer, the true friend of Allah, looks with the nur of Allah. Umar was a classic example. 
He was a living embodiment, a testimony to this hadith, that special intelligence which Allah Ta'ala granted him when he placed his hand in the hand of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam so that my Nabi said, Lokana Badi Nabiyun, Lakana Umar. If there had to be a Nabi after me, it would have been Umar. That kind of intelligence, perception, and understanding. Allah Ta'ala blessed Sayyidina Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu. So when he hears this from this Jew, one verse in your Quran, more than 6,600 verses immediately. Immediately the perception and understanding of Umar focuses on the verse that this Jew is referring to without him mentioning it. He said, Inni la'alam, al-aya, I know the verse you are talking about. Alam al-makana alladhi nazalat fi wal Omar says, I know the time that the verse came down. I know the place that the verse came down. It was Arafah. It was Jumu'ah. After Asr Salah, Allah's Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam sitting on his camel, Aduba. Sahaba say, when this verse of the Quran came down, such was the weight of this verse. That it was almost as if the back of the camel of Rasulullah was going to break. It could not bear the weight of this verse of the Quran. Which verse? Alama Ghazali, just to reiterate, he says this was the culmination. This was the completion of Shariat, completion of Deen. Jibreel comes with the verse of the Quran. الْيَوْمَ أَكْمَلْتُ لَكُمْ دِينَكُمْ وَأَتْمَمْتُ عَلَيْكُمْ نِعْمَتِي وَرَضِيتُ لَكُمُ الْإِسْلَامَ دِينًا Look at the manner in which Quran calls out اليوم What is this اليوم? Today Now As if our intellect is being appealed to the think Consider what was before this day from Adam alayhi salam. Nabi upon Nabi. Shariat upon Shariat. Sacrifice upon sacrifice. Hardship upon hardship. In the way of Allah. In establishing the deen of Allah. Days, months, years, centuries, aeons of time. Hummilu ala al-akhshab. نُشِّرُوا بِالْمَنَاشِيرِ وَيُمْشَتُوا بِأَمْشَاتِ الْحَدِيدِ مَا دُونَ لَحْمِهِ وَعِظَامِهِ People were crucified. Their bodies were cut up into pieces. The flesh of the body was separated from the bones. Years of years of qurbani, persecution, hardship. Finally, the coming of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Then too, another 23 years plus minus of hardship, of difficulty. Sayyidina Bilal radiallahu ta'ala anhu, whipped at night, made to lie with the open burning wounds on the burning sand of the desert. Rocks placed upon his chest, physically dragged through the gullies of Makkah. Ahadun ahad, ahadun ahad, ahadun ahad. The one Allah, the one Allah, the one Allah. Allah, what is all this? Behind this is the establishment of Shariat. Behind this is the establishment of Deen. Phase upon phase. Sacrifice upon sacrifice. And now, finally, finally, in the Hajj of Muhammad, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, 
Quran comes down. Al-Yawm. Today. Finally. Al-Yawm akmaltu lakum deenakum. Wa atmamtu alaykum ni'mati. Wa raditu lakum al-Islam deena. Now finally. From Adam alayhi salam. Hundred. More than a hundred thousand Nabis. This revelation didn't come. Sacrifice upon sacrifice, this revelation did not come. Shariat upon shariat, this revelation didn't come. Finally, in the Hajj of Muhammad, Allah says, Today your deen is complete. Today, that shariat and that way of life, like Umar radiallahu ta'ala said, Nahnu qawmun, Nahnu qawmun. Islam. We are a nation. We are a people. Allah has elevated us. Allah has given us dignity. Allah has given us honor. We have been endowed with the divine protection of Allah. Whether it is whatever enemies of Islam, whatever technology this ummah will face, whatever opposition this ummah will face, whatever different ideologies, Dajjalun, Kadhabun, this ummah will face. Azan Allah bil Islam. Allah has given us protection. Allah has given us dignity. Allah has given us honor with Islam. What is Islam? Jami'u ma jabihi Muhammadur Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Islam is the practical 24 hour day of life of Muhammadur Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And Sayyidina Umar said, Ida nabtagil izza bi if we will look for dignity, if we will look for honor, if we will look for prosperity, if we will look for distinction, if we will look for success in any other way, in any other way besides the way of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, then not the superpowers and not the enemies of Islam. When you move away from sunnah, Khan call kar sunlena. Listen with the ears of Iman. When you move away from Sunnah, when you move away from the practical life of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, then in reality, in reality, you have declared war. You have declared superpowers of this world, enemies of Islam, these are puppets. They cannot harm one head. Our between us and Allah, hold on to Sunnah, hold on to the way of life of Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. إذا نبتغي العزة بغير ما عزنا الله أذلنا الله. Umar says, if you will look for respect in any other way of life. Allah will disgrace you. You have declared war with Allah. The system of this world will turn against you. فَلْيَحْذَرِ الَّذِينَ يُخَالِفُونَ عَنْ أَمْرِهِ أَنْ تُصِيبَهُمْ فِتْنَةً أو يُصِيبَهُمْ عَذَابٌ أَلِيمٌ Let them come to know. Allah cautions us in the Quran. Let them come to know. Beware. Be cautioned. Be warned. If you will move away from Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, if you will move away from the practical way of life of my Nabi, and to see bahum fitna, or you see bahum adabun alim, Allah says fitna, tests, trials, tribulations will become your lot in this world. 
and still if you will not make tawbah still if you will not come back to sunnah then adabun alim you will face a terrible punishment in the hereafter imam malik rahimahullah used to say mathalus sunnah ka safinati nuh alayhi salam listen o ummat of islam the example of sunnah the way of life of muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam this is the example of the ship of nuh alayhi salam man rakibaha faqad naja allah made it such in that time whoever was on that ship was saved whoever did not board that ship was drowned and destroyed in exactly the same way whether it is the first century 10th century 14th century this mindset that has overtaken us understand the yahud the nasara the enemies of islam they will not tell you openly they are too cunning they are too cunning they are not going to tell you openly move away from sunnah what they will do islam is a contemporary religion islam has to keep up with the time there has to be this cooperation interfaith cooperation adulterate your deen in such a way that it becomes palatable palatable under these titles of gender equality under these titles where today there is no tamiz or no distinction between what is a man and what is a woman under these so called fancy titles of keeping up with the keeping up with the intellectual demands of the time behind what all behind this is what this drive walan tarda ankel yahud walan nasara hatta tattabi'a millatuhum allah says the enemies of islam will never be happy with you they will never be your friends they will never be your partners until you do not follow their way of life their way of life means move away from sunnah move away from sunnah today the true sunnah of my nabi his day his night is being emasculated is being adulterated is being destroyed under these so called fancy titles to such an extent to such an extent that when you look at sira when you look at what was the practical way of life of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam what parda he taught us what haya and shame he taught us what dressing he taught us what culture he taught us what way of life he taught us what akhlaq and character he taught us under this guise of modernization we are moving further and further and further and further away from it the enemies enemies of islam are not telling you become yahudi become nasrani what they are telling you is move away from that way of life of muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam become more palatable become more acceptable become more tolerant to those that are around you what is this that was the camel age this is the space age islam is a contemporary religion islam has to keep up with the times under these guises like one of our elders mola yunus puna sahab rahmatullah alai puts it beautifully he gives an example he says there was one person his pants was too long so he wanted to make it a little bit short so what he did is he went to his wife he said you know what my pants is too long cut cut off a little bit maybe the wrong time in the month it was her mood wasn't right she was busy she said you always eating my head how many things you want me to do for you i'm not your servant go ask your mother to do it for you so bichara he went to his mother mother whole life i brought you up now you got a wife you still troubling me she chases him away goes to the sister she gets upset with him similar vein she responds as the mother this poor fellow it's afternoon kailulla time takes his pants off 
puts his lungi on, goes to make, goes to rest. Little while later, the wife's conscience pricks her. So what she does, as she's passing the room, she sees the pants hanging there. She takes it, cuts off one or two inches, hangs it back. Little while later, the mother is passing. She sees the pants hanging, her conscience pricks her. What he asked wasn't so difficult. She takes it, cuts off a few inches, puts it back. Sister passes a little later, she takes it, cuts off a few more inches and puts it back. So when he wakes up, instead of long pants, he's now got short pants. In other words, there is absolutely no resemblance with what the original was. This is what Allah says, Will you believe in a portion of the book what suits you and reject the rest? فَمَا جَزَاءُ مَنْ يَفْعَلُ ذَلِكَ مِنْكُمْ إِلَّا خِزْيٌ فِي الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا If deen is going to become like this, where what you suits you, you follow. Where what doesn't suit you, you follow. Example, recently there was a so-called, there was an Islamic conference. There was one revert, call it a new Muslim. He had his pants according to actual sunnah. What is actual sunnah? What we call nisfu saq. Halfway between the knee and the ankle. Allowance is given up till just above the ankle. When your clothing hangs beneath the ankle, Rasulullah said, Ma asfal al That section of your clothing that hangs beneath the ankle will be in Jahannam. So this new Muslim, he had Halfway, the actual sunnah, halfway between the knee and the ankle, nisfu saab. So one scholar approaches him, not non-Muslim, scholar, Muslim scholar, says to him, brother, why don't you lower your clothing, put it to just above the ankle, you got that much allowance. So he says, why are you making this suggestion? He says, I fear that others will mock at you. Who is the others he's talking about? Not non-Muslims, he's talking about Muslims. Other Muslims will mock at you. New Muslim, what is his response to this? First response, similar to what Abdullah bin Huzafa Sahmi radiallahu ta'ala who said in the court of a Roman king, sitting in the court of a Roman king on his Dastar Khan, the food by mistake falls from his hand to the ground. He picks it up, he cleans it, puts it in his mouth because this was the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Person next to him prods him, hey bhai, what are you doing? You are in the court of a king. Observe the decorum of this majlis. What is the reaction of Huzafa, Abdullah bin Huzafa Sahmi radiallahu ta'ala? Abdullah bin Huzaifa, what is his reaction? He says, Atruku, sunnata habibi, You want me to abandon the sunnat of my beloved Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam because of the opinion of these stupid fools that are sitting here. Like that, this new Muslim responds. You want me to abandon the sunnah because of the opinion of ignorant people. First response. Second response. He says to the scholar, you people, in other words referring to those who were born Muslims. You people are Muslims by chance. It was a biological accident. You were born in a Muslim home. So you don't know the value of sunnah. You don't know the value of this deen. I am a Muslim by choice. I am a Muslim by choice. Today, the born Muslim, Molana, I want a fatwa, I need fatwa. I got a question. What is your question by? Is so and so thing sunnat? Is so and so thing sunnat? Why is he asking? 
What's the motivation behind the question? Because if the Mulana says, yes, by this is Sunnah, then in his mind will come this idea, it is okay to leave it out. This has become our attitude to Sunnah. That is not Fars, it's not compulsory, so it's Sunnah, so it's okay to leave it out. This is why we are even asking questions. Understand, by way of example, simple example, my respected brothers, people are constantly putting their shoes on and taking it off. It's a mundane practice. Eight billion world, world population at any given time, millions if not billions are doing it. When you leave this masjid today after Juma, take the trouble, leave with the left foot, read the dua my Nabi taught us. Let us let there be that little bit attachment with Sunnah. And then when putting your shoes on, take that one second to make this niyat in your mind that now when I'm putting my shoes on, I will put the right shoe on first because this is the Sunnah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Outwardly to the observer, you are doing what seven to eight billion people on a regular basis are doing. They are just they're putting their shoes on. But because you took that few milliseconds to consider just before putting it on that the right shoe on first is the sunnah of my nabi i am sitting on the member of the masjid not one thousand qasams and oaths i am prepared to take i swear an oath upon my allah that act of you putting your shoe on with this nisbat and association makes it more valuable than the seven heavens and the seven earths and anything that it contains this is sunnah. The Haq rahimahullah said, Mathalu sunnah fit dunya kamathalil jannah fil uqba. He said, The example of sunnah in dunya is like jannah in akhirat. Man dakhal al jannah faqad salima. Allah's principle, the one who enters jannah in akhirat is protected forever. In exactly the same way, Man lazima sunnah fit dunya faqad salama. If you want protection in this world enemies of islam you want protection against them you want protection against depression you want protection against difficulties you want protection against worries whatever difficulties problems you are facing in this world by the qasam of my allah like imam malik said the ship of nu ali salam is sunnah is salvation the haq bin mukhallad coming back to this enter jannat in akhirat you are protected Bring your life on sunnah in this world and Allah will protect you. Bring your life on sunnah in this world, Allah will protect you. We heard the hadith in the beginning. The rewards, the rewards Allah promises on hajj. Whether it is hajj, whether it is anything else. Understand my respected brothers, the first condition, the first condition, the first condition, the first requirement for anything to be accepted, to get any reward, to get the mercy of Allah, to get the forgiveness of Allah, to get the compassion of Allah, the first fundamental requirement. How close is this to the example of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam? We want to take, we don't like to run anybody down. These are the days of Hajj. We say the desire is there in my heart. Allah take me for Hajj and Umrah again and again. Allah has chosen those servants of Islam that have tirelessly protected created a fortress along the way of life of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Ask the youth of this masjid which soccer match is going to take place. What tournament is happening? Who is going, which, which soccer star or movie star or pop star, call it whatever you want. What changes are taking place in their life? What goals, whose contract was signed, who is earning what? Minute details.
of people whose every day is in sharab and every night is in zina our lives are revolving around them lives are around that cell phone social media running the stage in that that direction it is the days of hajj it is the days of hajj start from one side of the masjid and ask this basic question brother we know of the hajj of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam final hajj hajjatul wada when did my nabi leave for that hajj how many days was the hajj journey what did rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam do in that journey of hajj when did he arrive in makkah what was his conduct what transpired illa ma sha allah i'm not here to run anybody down 90% above of us will have absolutely no idea whatsoever kehna main aashiq rasool i love rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam is easy what is our connection with his sira the basic taaleem in our homes that our elders are crying to us how many of us established the halqat of taaleem and look at the manner in which the scholars of islam exhaustively 14 centuries have passed this is just by way of example i've already run out of time it was a saturday 25th of zul 25th of zulqada saturday 25th zulqada time of zohar azan was given in masjid an-nabawi salah was performed after that rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam appointed abu dujana ansari radhiyallahu ta'ala anhu as amir of medina appointed najia bin jundub aslami in charge of his qurbani animals with 12000 sahaba at that point began the journey of hajj by the time it was asr they reached zulhulaifa Jibril came down and said ya rasulullah this is a mubarak night mubarak place spend this night in zulhulaifa five salah asar of that day maghrib isha fajr zuhur five salah were performed in zulhulaifa during that interim that period asma bint umais gave birth to a child rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam named the child muhammad told her that you must perform tawaf ziyara after your nifas is complete you can remain in ihram after fajr of that day the next morning 26th of zulhijjah rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam performed ghusl for the ghusl those days there was not soap and detergent and shampoos like what we have two types of leave were used to work as soap in that water ushnan and khitmi the names of those soap or those leaves are recorded allah's rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam the way he made the the ghusl that also recorded then he washed his hair the manner in which he passed his hand through his hair also recorded thereafter oil was applied to the hair thereafter honey was applied to the hair those days they would put honey so that the hair would not become disheveled while traveling in the desert thereafter rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam applied itar itar was put on the body was not put on the ihram the ihram cloth where that material came from sahara today it is muscat that time it was yemen that also is recorded allah's rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam the name of the camel that he was mounting that also recorded at the time of zuhur rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam stood upon his camel performed performed the zuhur sat upon his camel faced the qibla and said labbaik hajjatan allahumma labbaik the journey began the next stop was malal then was roha in which there is a well from which 70 nabis drank then was asaya then was arj then was abwa then was usfan then was sarif nine days journey he entered madina munawwara what occurred each step of the journey of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam miraculously microscopically recorded by the sahaba of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam 14 centuries have passed 
15 centuries have passed. The enemies of Islam, the sands of time, have not been allowed by my Allah to touch even one aspect of the life of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Where is the true love? Where is the true devotion? Like that new Muslim said, you people are Muslims by chance. I am a Muslim by choice. Understand, the greatest Muslim of this ummah, the greatest Muslim of this ummah, I will terminate on this, come out of this mindset, it is only sunnah. Allah's qasam, one one sunnah, we can't even imagine. Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal, rahimahullah, that personality who Allah accepted to such an extent that the historians say, Lola Ahmad, Lama Ubidallah. They said this about two people. Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala, if it were not for Abu Bakr, how he reacted at the time of the demise of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam when the people were becoming murtad, they said Islam would have been destroyed. Few centuries later, they said this about Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal. Lola Ahmad, Lama Ubidallah. If it were not for Ahmad bin Hanbal, Islam would have been destroyed. That kind of service Allah took from him. Himself, he mentions, I was far away from the once I was with a group of people they wanted to bath so they took their clothes out and they jumped into the river I had heard the hadith one hadith he said I had heard this hadith man kana yu'minu billahi wal yawmil akhir fala yadkhulil hamam illa bimi'zar the one who believes in Allah and in akhirat let him not enter a, place, a public bath except that he covers his satar wears a lungi he said because of that hadith I did not join them one hadith he practiced he said that night I saw a dream in my dream it was said to me ya ahmad in allah ta'ala qad ghafara laka bi ista'malika sunnah allah has forgiven all your sins because you follow the one sunnah of my habib and allah has made the decision allah has made the decision waja'alaka imaman yuqtada bihi we are going to make you an imam and millions are going to follow you because you practice on the one sunnah of muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam imam ahmad bin hanbal says i asked the voice man anta who are you the voice responded i am Jibreel Amin alayhi salam. We don't know what one sunnah coming back. The greatest Muslim, the greatest Muslim of this ummah, Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala anhu. What does he say? Today, mashallah, it's sunnah. I can leave it out. That's farz. I'll follow the farz. This is our attitude. Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu says, Ma, ma alim tu shay'an. He says that anything that I came to know that my Nabi did it, I did it. Anything that I came to know that my Nabi did it, I did it. And then listen with the ears of Iman. Listen with the ears of Iman. What does Abu Bakr say? He says, Inni akhsha. Allah has put this fear in my heart if I leave out one sunnah if I leave out one sunnah that I have heard Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam did this and I do not do it then Abu Bakr says I fear that Allah will deviate me I fear that I will lose my deen and lose my Islam. Understand, Allah has given us a protection. Allah has given us a fortress. Allah has given us a key. Allah has given us a way. Allah has given us a medium. Your worldly problem solved. Your akhirat problem solved. Like whiteness can never be separated from milk. Like sweetness can never be separated from honey. And like redness can never be separated from a rose. Understand in exactly the same way the success, dignity, honor of dunya, qabr and akhirat any age, any era, any period 
can never ever be separated from the kamil perfect beautiful way of life of muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam al yawma akmaltu lakum deenakum wa atmamtu alaykum ni'mati wa raditu lakum al islam deena in hajj this verse was sent down that wa may yabtaghi ghayra al islam deenan falan yuqbala min from now till qiyamah come before me in any other way besides the way of muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam and it will never ever be accepted allah ke wasta fi wa khalam